Today we celebrate the most significant day of the year. Today is Easter, and over the past weeks, I have been encouraged in numbers of ways with phone calls and with cards and letters and FaceTime calls and Zoom meetings and incredible times with God by just studying His Word and by praying more diligently than perhaps I have in some time. And I trust that you have been encouraged through these days as well. But not everything that's happened to us in the past few months has been positive, has it? I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, we know that, that these have been tough days. M much human history has been formed around death and the consequences of death. Uh, for example, King David died, and Israel never had the same kind of relationship with God again. Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Egypt to flee from King Herod, who had, had killed all the babies in the area of Bethlehem just because he was jealous about Jesus. And then the death of Herod cleared the way for Joseph to bring Jesus and Mary back to Israel for Jesus to grow up there. Hitler died, and World War II essentially ended in Europe. The nuclear bomb dropped, and with the death of thousands of people in the area of Japan, World War II essentially ended forever. Today, thousands of people are dying from this horrible virus that we call coronavirus or COVID-19. And this pandemic is real, and it's affecting all of our lives. Death tends to create a spirit of worry and depression and fear. And there is a spirit of real sadness looming in our midst today. Recently, I saw a young child who is accustomed to uh, running up to me full speed and jumping up into my arms when she sees me. When I saw her recently, she took one step toward me, and then she lowered her head sadly, and she looked back up and she said, we're not supposed to hug. These are disappointing days in which we're living, and I can never remember an Easter celebration without connecting with the people of God in God's church. But this year is different, isn't it? This year, we have to choose to celebrate in a different kind of way, but I'll guarantee you, I promise you, in my spirit, I still continue to celebrate. You say, Ronnie, how can you celebrate, or why would you celebrate when these tough times are going on? It's Easter. And Easter is a time for celebration. And so I invite you today as we open God's Word and look into God's Word to create within yourself and allow God to create within you a true spirit of celebration. In Luke chapter 24, we see excruciating challenges turn into a world-changing celebration. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. So I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 10, and I want you to watch that celebration unfold, watch that celebration happen. Luke 24, verse 1. 
But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again? And they remembered his words. And they returned to the tomb and reported all of these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now they were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James. Also the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. And once again, God, we pray that you would add your blessings and open up our minds to be blessed by the power of your word right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now I want to invite you to walk with me as we walk back through these days in history and focus on the four realities of celebrating resurrection hope. The first reality celebration of hope is that hope reveals our spirit. Hope reveals our spirit. You know, the human spirit is one of the strongest assets of survival and strongest assets uh, of, of defense that we have as human beings. In fact, it, it is a weapon of defense. The human spirit is very powerful. In verse 1 of Luke chapter 24, we read that very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And so, just before the Sabbath had begun on the previous Friday, these women, these very same women, were the last to leave the dead body of Jesus as it was laid in Joseph's tomb. Luke thinks so much about these women. In fact, all four of the gospel writers record the names of these women, Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and, and, and the other women. These women had been the last to see the body of Jesus placed in the tomb on Friday. Then they celebrated the Sabbath, sundown on Friday till sundown on Saturday. And on Sunday morning, very early at the crack of dawn, they rushed to the tomb to see this body, uh, to, to celebrate the body of Jesus or to anoint the body of Jesus. They knew that there was a large stone rolled over the entrance of the tomb. The last thing they saw before they left on Friday evening was that large, tomb, that large stone rolled in front of the tomb. But these women had great love for Jesus. And because their world had truly been turned upside down and their grief and pain was overwhelming, in spite of that, they loved Jesus so much that they headed back to the tomb early on that first Sunday morning, that first Easter Sunday morning, 
to anoint the body of Jesus and pay respects to the body of Jesus. Their reaction revealed the depth of love that they had for Jesus. You see, reactions oftentimes uncover the spirit that we have. When the worst thing that you could possibly imagine happens, what will your reaction be? Does it get any worse than watching someone you truly love be falsely accused, be unjustly convicted, be tortured, and then be executed? It's hard to imagine, but to say these women were grieving and to say they were in pain and to say they were sad is almost impossible for us to feel. The weight of that must have been incredible. But when a person does the right things for the right reasons, they develop character and they develop integrity. And these women had walked so closely with Jesus that that was the spirit of their life. They had developed that character. They had developed that integrity. And so the reaction of these women actually revealed their spirit. Their spirit was grieving. Their spirit was sad. But they had no idea what God was up to. What are you facing today that might have the potential for God to have you right where He wants you? Because God had those women right where He wanted them. C.S. Lewis once wrote, and I quote, God whispers to us in our pleasure, but He shouts to us in our pain. Many at our church today, I know, are going through unimaginable kinds of emotions as we continue to learn to deal with what separation is like and what separation feels like and what the normal routines of our daily uh, activity is, uh, is, is upset and what it usually is like and what it's not like right now. I know some in our church are battling cancer. Uh, some in our church are battling COPD. Some in our church are battling addiction, relapse, fears, and the potential that it might be out there. I mean, I don't know about you, but in some of these moments over the last few weeks, I mean, I've had thoughts that have taken me back to places that I thought were dead a long time ago. And I know that some of you are feeling those same kinds of anxieties, those same kinds of feelings. I know some are battling worry over their jobs being furloughed or, fur furloughed, or maybe even they've lost their job. Some students are battling their parents who are trying to be their school teachers now. I've heard stories that are somewhat comical about some of those kinds of incidences that have happened. Some of you are battling in your marriage. I mean, you have so much time together now that probably is different from what the normal routine is all about, and minor misunderstandings are blowing up into major resentments. Some are even battling grief over the death of your own loved ones 
in our church family. For years, we have been teaching you here at our church to know Jesus and to make all of life about Him, to live in God's Word, to pray in faith, to fellowship with other believers, and to share a witness with the world. In church today, I want to remind you that there's never been a time in history that most of us have lived where there's ever been a better opportunity for us to let our spirit shine and to let what we've been learning about in God's Word over these years to create within us a spirit that not only gives us life, but reaches out and brings life to other people. These women, who were the last to leave Jesus and the first to arrive back to show respect to His dead body on this first Easter morning, re reacted to this crisis by revealing their love for Jesus. Their spirit was a genuine, true love for Jesus. They did what was right and appropriate because they had developed healthy spiritual habits. They had spent time at the feet of Jesus. During these days, I pray that you are joining me in spending time at the feet of Jesus. Because in the darkest moment of the life of these women, hope was revealed. The second reality celebrating resurrection hope is that hope rearranges our reality. See, sometimes we might believe something is true, but when we believe something is true, many times we need to hold that belief with open hands. In verse 2 of Luke chapter 24, the Bible says these women found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. These women had no idea the stone barrier would be rolled away, but that had not hindered them from taking off on their mission. When, when you truly know and follow Jesus with all of life, surprising things may happen for the glory of God for you as well. Things are not always as they seem, and our reaction to everything in life Depends somewhat on our perspective, doesn't it? These women had spent from dark on Saturday to daylight on Sunday preparing spices to anoint the dead body of Jesus. They knew the stone was there when they left the tortured, bloody, dead body of Jesus in that tomb on that Friday afternoon. They knew the stone was too big for them to move. But God had a bigger plan than their plan. And because of their love for Jesus, they followed their heart right to that grave. And when they got there, boy, did they ever have a big surprise. Tragedy always presents opportunities. And for the believer, every tragedy presents the opportunity for God to show up. And that's exactly what happened to these faithful, loyal women on this first Easter morning. 
on February 14, 2006, John Piper entered the hospital for cancer surgery. How are we as Christians to respond when cancer invades our lives, whether it's our own body or the body of someone that we dearly love? In his book, Don't Waste Your Cancer, Piper says this, and I quote, We waste our cancer when we don't see God's good plan planned for us and a hope-filled path for making much of Jesus. Let me share that again. We waste our cancer when we don't see God's good plan for us and a hope-filled path for making much of Jesus. See, John Piper's perspective changed his reality. He truly had cancer that was invading his body. But because of his attitude and because of his spiritual walk and wanting to make all of life about Jesus, he had the right kind of attitude that changed his perspective. In the last few months, I've heard one of our own church members say something very similar to that quote by John Piper. Because hope rearranges our reality. So let me ask you today, where does your hope come from? If you are surfing the web looking for hope today, I want to challenge you today to turn those devices off and pick up your Bible because the hope that we have today is not found out there on the internet. The hope that we have today is found in God's Word, the Holy Word of God, our Bible. So if you're a believer today, the Holy Spirit wants to lead you to life and hope through God's Word. So open up your ears and take time to dedicate, to listen to Him as never before. If you look deeply into God's Word, you're going to find examples, mentors like Abraham, who will teach you to be willing to leave everything to know and follow God. You're going to find mentors like Moses, who will teach you to live and to lead with stubborn people around you. You're going to look at mentors like David who will teach you to stay close to God when everything is falling apart and everyone is deserting you. You're going to find mentors like Mary and Martha who will teach you to sit, set, set, set aside all the busy work that you might be doing and just sit at the feet of Jesus. Yes, God's Word is a treasure trove of mentors that you and I can bring alongside of us. In fact, that God has placed and as a God has placed in a, an area of availability for your life and my life to lead us through these days. No matter what appears to be the reality of your life, your hope and my hope and the hope of the world is found through God's Word and found through coming to know the resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God wants to rearrange your reality today. Nearly every morning before daylight, I send out a list of scriptures that I'm using this year to read through the Bible. I suggest a reading from the Old Testament, a reading from the Psalms, a reading from the New Testament Gospels and a reading from the New Testament Epistles. 
And I want to invite you, if you want to get on that list, I know we're a third of the way through the year, but I want to, I want to encourage you to go ahead and get on that list and begin to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn what God has to teach us about life through His Word. God has provided thousands of mentors to come alongside you and me and comfort us and strengthen us in His encouraging Word. So God was about to rearrange the reality for these women. Look at verse 3 of Luke chapter 24. So they went in and they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. These women found a big surprise. The stone had been rolled away. But then they found an even bigger surprise. The body wasn't there. I know questions must have filled their minds. They saw with their own eyes the body placed there on Friday afternoon. They saw the stone roll there with their own eyes. But it was time for God to totally rearrange their reality. Hope reveals our spirit. And hope has the potential to rearrange our reality. And then thirdly, hope replaces the shock and fear. Let's be realistic here. Um, I'm certain that you've never buried somebody on Friday afternoon and then gone back to that grave, grave site on Sunday morning and that body not being there. The casket being removed and a pile of dirt just laying there. If you did though, I'm certain that your reaction would be similar to the reaction of these women. In verse 4 of chapter 24 of Luke, as they stood there puzzled, no surprise, they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling white robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Their confusion was a natural reaction. They were startled. They were puzzled. And I think you would agree that you and I would be puzzled. You and I would be startled as well. But then the angels created an even greater surprise. Fear usually accompanies unexplainable events like this, doesn't it? The very presence of these angels overwhelmed these witnesses and out of fear they fell down on the ground. But the angels then immediately asked a question that changed all of history. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? These women were the first to hear and know the greatest news the world has ever known. And that is that Jesus is alive. That's why we celebrate Easter. That's why today, regardless of how gloomy things might be around us, we can celebrate because Jesus is alive. The question challenged these women to look past their natural circumstances 
to the supernatural. They came to the tomb only looking for the natural. But God surprised them and turned what they naturally were looking for into something that was supernatural. During the pandemic that we are living through today, I want to ask you, are you only looking at the natural? Or are you willing to look for the supernatural in what God may want, may, may want to be doing in you and may want to be doing through you? I know it's sobering to think about the fact that 100,000 to 250,000 people may die during this pandemic. But there's something even more sobering than that today. Don't forget that everyone will die. One day you are going to come to that point in your life where you are going to pass from this earth. You are going to die. And I want you to know that one day you're going to stand before the same God who emptied the tomb. You're going to stand before the same God who left that tomb and went back to heaven to live for eternity. Where is He today? Well, today, He is standing with His arms open wide so that you can give your life to Him, so that you can come to Him, so that the greatest enemy that exists on this earth, death, can be overcome and be defeated in your life. Because when you come to Jesus, when you come to know Him, his arms are open wide to receive you and the fear of death then is taken away from you once and for all. He's alive. With the women, shock was replaced by hope. And my prayer for you today is that whatever fear you may be facing, whatever struggle you may be going through in light of this pandemic, that your fear, your discouragement, your despondency would be replaced with this same source of hope. Much of what um, you can do um, in life can be done by somebody else. You realize that. You're not irreplaceable. I'm not irreplaceable. Some of what you can do, though, can only be done by you. If you're married, for example... No one can be a husband or wife to your spouse like you can. If you're a parent, no one can parent your children exactly like you can. Only you can grow yourself spiritually. Only you can take care of your body. Only you can discipline yourself to make the priority of life the highest priorities in life. And only you can trust Jesus Christ for yourself. Nobody can do that for you. Only you can do that for yourself. And so once again today, let me encourage you, if you've never come to know Jesus, this resurrected Jesus in a personal way, if you've never come to understand the fact that He is alive and that He is alive in your life, I pray that you will do for yourself today what only you can do. And that's receive Jesus. Receive the gift of Jesus 
as your personal Lord and Savior today. This can be a day of celebration for you if you will trust Jesus. Shock and fear may grip many in this world today, and it does. But because Jesus won the victory over death, believers have hope. We have the greatest news on earth. And so I encourage you, number one, to make sure you have that hope today. And then if you do, make sure that you're celebrating that hope today. And there's one final reality that celebrating resurrection hope has for us today. And that is that hope, hope revives our memory. We can't remember everything that everybody tells us. Uh, we can't even remember everything that every important person tells us. But I want to challenge you that just like these women, if Jesus has said something, it's very important to remember that. In verse 6 of Luke chapter 24, the angels continued to say to these women, He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what He told you back in Galilee that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that He would rise again on the third day. Verse 8, Then they remembered that He had said this. Again, there are many things that are good for us to remember in these days of this pandemic. How many times have you heard to Wash your hands with soap and water, vigorously rubbing them together for 20 seconds. How many times have you heard, stay six feet away from everybody else outside your family? I mean, I wonder how many of us had even heard of the word social distancing before three months ago. I know I hadn't. I mean, what a strange concept. And now we're hearing over and over and over again the message, stay at home unless it's essential for you to go to the grocery store or go to work and your job is irreplaceable and it has to go on, stay home. We're hearing words that we need to remember over and over again. But I challenge you again, if Jesus has said something, then remember it. It's good for us to remember in verse 9, the Scripture says, so they rushed back from the tomb to tell His 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. See, these women remembered what Jesus had said when they were reminded of it. And so they knew that it had actually occurred. And so they rushed back to their friends and family, to the followers of Jesus, to tell them their story, to tell them what had happened. Literally, these women wasted no time in sharing the greatest news that the world has ever heard. When the COVID-19 vaccine is discovered, and it will be one day, how long do you think it will take for that news to literally spread around the world? Won't take very long, will it? In light of Easter, 
you and I have the greatest solution that the world could ever hear to the greatest problem that the world has. And that is the sin problem. And God has given us the opportunity to receive that gift of salvation from Him and then share it with everybody, that remedy, share it with everybody around the world. So I want to challenge you to join me today to be just like these women and take this urgent news that will spread so quickly and share it with everyone who needs to hear it. As soon as these women remembered the words of Jesus, their hope was revived and they couldn't help but share the good news. So if Jesus said something, it's good for us to remember it. That's why we have the New Testament. That's why we have the story of Jesus told over and over in many different perspectives so we can receive the hope that Jesus gives and now take our turn not only to remember it, but to take our turn to share it with other people. So hope reveals our spirit. Hope rearranges our reality. Hope replaces shock and fear. And hope revives our memory. So in summary and conclusion, let's celebrate today by remembering two things. Two very important things. Number one, death is a serious enemy. It really is. I mean, death is a serious enemy. I was in a phone call this week, a Zoom call with over 200 pastors in the state of South Carolina. And we were in a conversation with State Attorney General Alan Wilson. And Alan Wilson said one thing that resonates over and over in my mind, and that is, we must respect our enemy. And the enemy today comes in the form of a coronavirus. That is a great enemy that we face. And we need to respect that enemy. But just two short days after hearing him say that and watching him develop how important it is to respect the enemy of the coronavirus, I shared a memorial service for a family in a way that I thought I would never do. In fact, I never even dreamed of sharing a virtual memorial service on the internet. Because we shared that service over the internet, though, and none of us were really in the same room except the family groups, and I was not even close to where the families were. One of the family members stationed in South Korea was able to participate in that memorial service through Zoom, as did the rest of the family of over 40 members or so. After the service was over, the daughter called me and said the saddest part of mom's death was the fact that she had to die all alone. I said, I know that it's hard and very sad for you. And I know that's something that I've never experienced. I can't understand the pain of that. It must be very painful. 
But I do want you to know that your mom was not alone. I knew her. I had heard her testimony. I had watched her teach children in Sunday school. I had watched her love God's word and love Jesus. She was not alone because Jesus was with her every moment along that journey as she passed from life on this earth to life in eternity. And Jesus was with her holding her in the grip of his hands as she passed through that step of life's journey. What a comfort. What a source of strength to know that Jesus, the one who overcome the grave, is giving comfort to you and me today, even in times of our greatest grief. And so death is a serious enemy. Do I respect death? Of course I do. Do I fear death? Not at all. In no way do I fear death. The second thing to remember about death is that because of Easter, the power of death has been defeated. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I encourage you this week, if, if you haven't read it in a while, I encourage you maybe to sit down later today and take the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians and just read through that chapter that is all about the resurrection. In chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians and verse 55, the Bible says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And then in verse 57, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you feel God drawing you today to overcome the fear of death, and maybe you've never become a believer in Jesus Christ, and right now you feel God calling you to come to Him, understand that He wants you to put your faith and trust in Him. So I want to ask you to do something right now with me. I want to ask you to bow your head and I'm going to go to God in prayer and I'm going to ask you to go to God in prayer and diligently just seek Him. And if He's calling you, I challenge you to understand what He's trying to say to you and give your life to Him today. Would you pray with me? If you feel God is drawing you, understand that you are a sinner. And you need to admit that today. Say, God, I understand that I'm a sinner and I understand that my sin is separating me from you. And God, today, I believe that Jesus Christ is your Son, your perfect Son, who came into this world to become sin for me. He came into this world to live a perfect life and to sacrifice His life and take upon Himself the penalty that my sin deserves. And He chose to exchange my sin for His perfection. And today, God, I believe that and I trust You to come into my life. Forgive me of my sin because I repent of my sin. I turn away from my sin. And today, God, today, I want to give the rest of my life to becoming more and more and more like Jesus every day. God, I thank you for a day like today when we can celebrate. 
And thank you for the, the opportunity today for us to, in a fresh new way, commit our life to you or recommit our life to you so that in the real sense of the word, we can celebrate life. God, thank you for the change that you're bringing into our life today through Jesus because of the miracle of your resurrection. In Jesus' name we celebrate. Amen. Now, before we join and sing our last song today, I want to challenge you one more time that during these very challenging days, you understand that three things will never change. First of all, the tomb is still empty. And secondly, Jesus is the only way to God. And thirdly, trust Jesus and the power of death is defeated. Now, join with us as our worship team leads us in singing with all of our heart, It is finished.